Well, it's just the two of us, man. It's just G. Bush and uh, and John Costco. Uh, Jeff is off on assignment, so we will uh, talk about with him and check back in with him later. But we always got to give it to you guys. We got to give you the PFF grades. Uh, well, first to get into offense, man. Offense, how did they show? Um, Browns did get the victory 27-14, to 14, but no offensive touchdowns. We'll talk about the offensive line. We'll talk about the receiver group uh, and the running backs on offense in, in terms of PFF grades. Then we'll pivot in the second segment to the defensive side of the football. That's where they had most of the production. Uh, you had sacks. You had returns, fumble returns. You had pickoffs, pick sixes. We ain't seen that in a long time. We'll talk about the grades and who really showed up and showed out on the defense. And then finally, we'll, we'll go ahead and pivot and talk about what everybody wants to talk about. Deshaun Watson uh, obviously struggled. How bad did he struggle? John Costco will tell us exactly how bad he struggled with his PFF grades for Deshaun Watson and how he can get better next week as well. It's all coming up on this edition of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Brown podcast. G. Bush, I'm here. Uh, Jeff is on assignment today. He'll be back tomorrow. But we're still going to go ahead and give you uh, the episodes that we always deliver. And that is the PFF Grades with John Costco, Pro Football Focus. Make sure you check out his work and make sure you check us out every single uh, Tuesday. Usually it is. Every single Tuesday or Monday uh, for the PFF Grades that we deliver here on the Locked On Brown podcast. Uh, let's get right off into this thing, John. Uh, let's start with the uh, offense. Let's get right into the offense. And you look at it on offense. I, I take a look and I say the, the team moved the ball a little bit in the beginning, um, but they never really quite got the running game going. They never really looked comfortable uh, with the pocket and protection. And up front with the offensive line, um, they really – didn't I wouldn't say they, they they were game busters. They really didn't open up enough holes up front on the offensive uh, end of the, of the uh, ball game. What was it that you saw um, that kind of you know that gave you pause or, or what you saw in the game? Yeah, I mean it was a struggle all around on the offensive side, and uh, I think mean, I think part of it is each you know you look look at how Kevin Stefanski has been with the the quarterbacks uh, in the past, where their first games. He's kind of feeling them out. They're feeling him out in terms of like getting in, you know, procedure stuff of getting plays in and out um, and then getting comfortable in, in that pocket. And but Baker Mayfield's first game with Kevin Stefanski was a 30, 38 to seven blowout against the Ravens. Uh, Jacoby resets was a win against the Panthers this year, but Jacoby reset looked bad in, in that uh, process. And um, this one obviously was not a good outlook for the, for the, for the offense, and I think you know with Watson, obviously there's the the accuracy issues that he had. So when you can't move the ball really very well uh, in the passing game, it's it's hard to do anything well because um, there were there were passes to be had there, and it would have helped to open up the the running game on a on a consistent basis. And yeah, they 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 had a 174 net rushing yards in this game, um, but you wouldn't say they had an effective running game. And, I think the offensive line is, has kind of started to really struggle 
um, since losing Ethan Pochick. And, um, you know, it, when you lose your, your center, the center is, is kind of like the, the quarterback of that offensive line. He gets, you know, if you have a guy that's cerebral there, he can get you set and in the right protections and, uh, just moving in, you know, all in one sink. And, um, you know, Froholt has not, is not, a, he's not a center in, in this league. He's, de- he's definitely not a starting center in this league. And so he's, he's kind of trying to learn on the fly. So there, there are a lot of issues on the offensive side. And it was just kind of good to see the, the offense and special teams kind of picking up. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a little bit about Jedrick Wills. Um, I, you know, when you watch Jedrick, um, I've talked to, I had the opportunity to talk to either Joe Thomas and John Greco, former Browns offensive lineman. And, when you look at it, they told me the same thing. There's some times where Jedrick Wills, if he misses assignment or if he gets beat or if, you know, if, if he gets to the line of scrimmage uh, and he gets out of position, he has two things that he tends to do. He tends to grab and hold guys, um, just reach out and gang somebody. Um, and then he, he tends to stop in the middle of the play. Instead of going to find somebody to hit hard, instead of going to find somebody to put hands on him, be aggressive and still do those things, he still has, he's still hesitating and, and just stopping in the middle of the play. Have you seen some of that type of stuff on film? And how have you thought he's played so far this year? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of him in a nutshell, where it's like um, when, he, when he misses a block, he kind of just stands there and looks. And it's like, well, uh, sorry. It's like, look out, you know, and that's kind of like the, the lookout block, you know, that's, um, it's, it's awful. And he gave up five pressures in this game. Um, you know, he, he just was not, I mean, he was not good. He had a 23.1, uh, pass protection grade in this game. And generally for, you know, from what we've seen from him this year is that there's been a regression. Um, and a lot of times what you see from players is in the third, especially offensive linemen, in their third year is a uh, a leap forward and we're not seeing that which is unfortunate you know his this this game was a 41.1 it was uh you know his second worst game of the year after the the Ravens game uh you know in week 7 you know which was a 32.9 um he's kind of this showing to be like a uh, you know like a like a negative piece on that offensive line and you know you you you're not going to move off from him from this year, but you are definitely probably going to be looking, Hey, w- what is our future at the left tackle position? Because this guy is not proving to be, be the guy yet. Um, because you, you generally, like I said, see the, the massive leap in, in not a massive leap, but a, a sizable leap in year three. We saw that with, with Wyatt Teller last year, two years ago. Um, and we're just not seeing anything from Jedrick Wills from a, from a progression standpoint. Like he, he looks like the same guy, that we saw as a rookie, uh, but actually kind of worse because he was actually solid in pass detection as a rookie. And it was his run game. That was a, you know, kind of a struggle. And then he saw a, a good, a, you know, a decent improvement last year in the run game. Um, but then a drop in his pass protection and we've seen another drop in his pass protection. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, it's got, it's got the, um, the potential of being a, a bust and, and he, he definitely needs to get more in you know, when you miss a block, like the worst thing you can do is just stand there and like, do nothing. Like go, go find some, go find work. It's the, the net it's there's that or the old adage of find work. And he doesn't right. do that. Yeah. So. It, it, he's just, he's very disappointing at this point footwork. Um, you know, I, I would like to see a nasty streak. Um, his motor seems low. 
and it doesn't seem like he's because I don't know him. We don't know him. We don't know what goes on inside, but it just doesn't seem like he has that desire to go out there and be dominant. It's just like, okay, I start for the Browns. I'm there. I'm the 10th pick. I went to Alabama. Yeah, bro, you might care about that. <laughs> like, this is you three years in. You might be out of here. Uh, let me it, ask it, a question. It, this it is about yeah. – go ahead. Sorry, it just doesn't look like he – like, you're not going to – if we know what he is in this in this league, he doesn't have an aggressive nature to him. He's a passive guy. That that's not going to change. You're not going to change that in in one year. No. So, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest indictments and one of the biggest labels you can you can uh, get that is you can't shake. Uh, you are who you are. Um, let me ask you this question. We go to um, the chat. Pee Wee's Dog Pound says uh, at Locked On Browns. Uh, by the way, thank you for uh, reaching out and giving us a question. Do you think Chubb will still face stack boxes until Deshaun Watson proves he can beat them with his arm? Your thoughts on that? Um, I've seen it does look like it's a little bottled up up up, up top. Uh, still looks like teams are selling out to stop the, um, the run with with Nick Chubb. Do you think that opens up as Deshaun Watson develops? Yes, I mean that's gonna. It's you. you uh, the pass opens up the run. So if you're not afraid of the quarterback to beat you over the top, and or just in general. Like you're gonna stack the box to stop the run and prove you're like, hey, prove to us that you can beat us with the pass. Um, because defenses for a hundred years in the NFL have been trying to stop the run. And every single defensive coordinator goes out there, you have to stop the run. And they will do that until you go, Okay, the pass game is more important to stop on this team because they they have an elite level passer. Like you you know, we see light boxes against Patrick Mahomes all the time because nobody is afraid of that. I mean, people like the run game is effective for the chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. So if Watson gets back to his, you know, his form that we've seen him in the NFL for four years, you know, the first four years of his career, you will start seeing that type of level of holes open up because you're starting to see five and six man boxes for, for Nick Chubb, because, teams are going to be deadly afraid that Watson's just going to start picking you apart, uh, you know, up and down the field, which that's obviously ideal. So um, that's, that's why they brought him in to be able to to have a, uh, an attack, like, like we we've seen from, uh, you know, the Mahomes and Josh Allen's and uh, the elite level quarterbacks in this league. And um, we will, you know, like, look at, look at Cincinnati as an example. Like they have, they have Joe Mixon, and nobody's nobody sells out to stop Joe Mixon on the offense. Like that's they no. they look at T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and that passing attack, and that's what you need to stop. And they still can't stop it because the elite level quarterbacks pick you apart regardless of what you're doing. So uh, the Browns want to get to that level, and they absolutely absolutely have to get to that level because uh, we we you know, you arguably have the best quarterback in the NFL in your own division in, in Joe Burrow. So it Watson can be that absolutely can be that, but he has to get there. We'll talk about Deshaun Watson specifically in the third segment. Um, thanks for everybody joining us. We'll come back and get to the second segment as well. Uh, make sure you guys uh, wouldn't let you know, make sure you guys are watching and subscribing to the YouTube channel. Um, we're close to 4,000 views. We want to get, excuse me, 4,000 subscribers. 
We want to get there. We want to get there by the end of this month. Help us reach our goal. Also, we want to thank every single person that makes Locked on Browns their first listen of each and every day. You can download us wherever you get your podcasts and continue to support us on our audio platforms as well. And we have some great things coming up. Great things coming up, and you can definitely find us uh, on on, uh, the Roku app. If you have Roku on your TV, and you can see my beautiful face and Jeff's pretty beautiful face right on your big screen TV using the Roku app on any smart TV. Just go ahead and find that, and you can find Locked On Browns and Locked On uh, Cleveland Sports as well. Uh, John, let's get to the defensive side of the football. This was a, uh, a game where... Defense and special teams really wanted for you. Often struggled to get the ball downfield. Often struggled to complete and finish drives for touchdowns. But this is one of the best days I've seen production-wise for the Cleveland Browns. You had a scoop and score with Denzel Ward to the crib. You had uh, you, you had a, a pick six with Tony Fields to the house. You also had a, a special teams punt return by Donovan Peoples-Jones. They, they got all those touchdowns, two touchdowns on defense. Uh, we haven't seen that in a while. Um, what stood out to you as far as grades and film work goes for the game on defense for the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, it's funny how this game went, and the, the first touchdown of the game happened with, like, under what was it, under under two minutes when they when the Texans scored their, their, their one touchdown of the game. So 27-14, you're thinking, all right, they were – at least at least five touchdowns on offense scored and it was the only for offensive touchdown that was scored in the game was right at the end of the game um you know from a from a grading perspective uh you know i i keep harping on you're you're only as good as your weakest link and in this game um the the players that generally have weak links like tony fields um and alex wright and taven bryan those guys played really well in this game uh, Fields was an 81.6, had had the highest grade on on the defense. Uh, Greg Newsom showed up really well with a 79 uh, coverage grade in this game. Even Ronnie Harrison only played nine snaps, but he he was out there and played well in, in those nine snaps at an 80.9. Alex Wright 78, 78. Taven Bryan was a 72. So like these, they all played uh, you know much better than what they had been playing, albeit against arguably the worst team in the NFL. Um, so that the thing is like you, you, they, they showed up in a way that you expect good defense to show up and where you, you didn't have to have your star powers really dominate a game to make sure that you win that game. Guys that you need to make play, you want to make plays that, uh, in these types of games made plays. So, um, you know, there weren't, it wasn't uh hunky dory and, and everything all around, uh, you know, Jay Mario Wusikoma continues to struggle. Um, at times, which is interesting, you know, you know, for him, he's the type of guy that needs probably a really elite level or just a high level defensive line for him to be able to work and, and kind of shoot gaps and do what he does because um, he's not a, a sound gap responsibility player. Um, he tends to freelance things and, and do try to make a plays with his speed and quickness rather than sound uh, defensive fundamentals. Um, and that's, going to end up with like some pretty bad plays out here and there. And, and he's got to be able to make the tackles when he's, he does get in a position. So there's, there's uh, obviously like you get two defensive touchdowns and stuff like that. That's a great for the defense. And, you know, you can't, you can't complain about that, but I think uh, uh, one of their better performances all, all year long. 
I, you know, uh, when we look at this thing, it just goes to show you it's about complimentary football. Um, I thought the punting was great uh, last week. When you look at what he was able to do, I believe he had five punts. He averaged over 55 yards a punt. He was able to consistently get pin them down deep and make them go the distance, which is, is very tough to do when you got a, a quarterback who is a journeyman and doesn't have much experience. So I, I think special teams, as well as defense, are complementary when it when it comes to playing the game of the football. And a lot of people just believe, oh, well, if Deshaun Watson don't score 45 points, we can't win. Well, in the beginning of the season, we thought some of these guys had some talent. We thought these guys could potentially be a really good defense. We That wasn't the case earlier in the season. So now we look at it. They finally step up. I'm not going to take anything away from them because they played the Texans. I mean, I can't. And Texans are a bad team. But we'll I take it. I mean, I mean, we can't crucify them at once, once juncture, and then come back when they do something, and and they don't respect what they did. You right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, they just because they were going up against arguably the worst team in the NFL doesn't mean you take away the good performance that they had. Like they they showed up and played played a great game, and that's all you can ask for. They there were times in the game where like the running game for the Texans was was getting yards, but Overall, like you can't complain about it, them only giving up one touchdown from from a defensive perspective and scoring two. So like they outscored the the opposing offense. So it's you know I think I think for them, um, you know you you look at uh, progress. Like I mean the fact that they they hey you know one one thing I thought with with Deshaun Watson is that they'd be like all right we're gonna inject some life into this defense. It kind of gets them a little bit more energized because a lot of defenses is you know it's a it's an effort thing and fitting fitting your responsibilities properly and if you can do that you can be a, a solid defense and it's they seem to have a little bit more juice to them to to be able to make plays and and they did they followed it up and you know it, i think this year has been a obviously a disappointment for the defense and after like they were they're arguably a top five defense last year so um they've been arguably bottom five this year and you can't complain about this performance let me ask you a real question before we get to the third segment. Martin Emerson has played really, 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 really well. Uh, if you look at the eye test, if you look at his production, as far as his passes defended, where do you, if he continues at this, you guys always do projections. Is he going to be one of those guys that you guys project really high as a guy going into next year, especially with the way um, he's played so far as a rookie? Um, I mean, so when it comes to projections, especially at the cornerback position, it's really difficult. Um, his grade of a 74.4 is, is excellent for a rookie uh, cornerback. Um, and it's, you know, like with, with, with coverage guys, like the guy, you know, from his size, speed, you know, weight, all the, all the, the tangibles and the, the traits that he has, like he, his ceiling, I, I think from that perspective alone is, is really high. Um and he moves his, you know, he moves his his body. He's a big, he's a big, big cornerback, and he moves a cornerback like he's a smaller guy. And he's able, he's also physical at the at the catch point, physical at the, you know, making tackles and stuff like that. So like, I I think his ceiling is is extremely high in this league. Um, you know, you, you're talking like like he can be, you know, a dominant cornerback in this league just because he's got that size factor to him, and he has the ability to break up plays, and he's already shown year one that he's he can be a, a shutdown type cornerback you saw what he did against mike evans last week which is like 
what was he gave up zero catches on seven targets or something like that just ridiculous type of numbers there um you know and, and as allowing just a completion percentage of 56 percent in his you know into his car target area so um he I, I don't know what his his what he's going to be next year or whatever but I, I really think he can be turned into one of the elite level cornerbacks in the league based on just like the profile that he has all right, one more. Um, ProTech Automotive says, G. Bush, John, um, what's your thoughts on the loss of Sione Takitaki? He was starting to make some plays out there. Um, you just mentioned off air. We we talked about a uh, I talked about a linebacker the Browns are going to pick up. And that's why you have to hit the notification bell so you get the latest information. Um, I believe one Reggie Raglan has been um, picked up. Your thoughts on Takitaki and Reggie Raglan coming in? Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Like, they keep dropping their linebackers, uh, unfortunately. Uh, that's the third one this year. It's obviously the reason why they brought in Deion Jones, um, because, you know, they, you know, losing, um, you know, losing Anthony Walker and seeing, hey, this the linebacker group is struggling. We maybe need a veteran presence there. Now they bring in Reggie Raglan after Sione Takitaki's injury. Obviously, Jacob Phillips got, Phillips got hurt uh, early in the year. Um it, it hurts because he had been making plays and he had been, you know, he's playing out of position. I know Kevin Spansky has said that a couple of times in his, in his press conferences um, and he, he's playing at Mike linebacker now. And, and I think, you know, it, it takes an adjustment to go from, you know, from Sam to, to, to Mike. And for him, he's, he's just another, he's a veteran presence out there that generally knows where to go. There's, you know, you look at tape and, he can make plays and he's a, he is a, a, a freelance head guy, uh, but he can also get out of his gaps. You know, Reggie Raglan is a guy that's going to be more a run stopper. Uh, and I don't expect him to be, get much playing time early on. You know, he was on, he was on the practice squad for the Raiders uh, all year long. Hadn't seen a single rep this year in, in game action. Um, so it's another body for them. Uh, you're going to see a lot of, unfortunately, uh, Deion Jones, Tony, Tony Fields, and Jeremiah Wusukomoa uh, as your linebackers, and then uh, because, and then Jordan uh, Kanuziak or whatever his name is is another guy that's going to be in there. And it's, it's I mean, it's going to be tough because they, they're already weak up up the middle. It's just going to make them that much more weak. Ah man, he is slim pickings. Slim pickings is this time of the year. Um, so you know those guys are gonna. We'll see what the Browns defense is able to do. I guess a really great passing attack, running attack, solid team. Uh, you know, championship contending team in the Cincinnati Bengals coming up this week. But before we do, we'll get back to Deshaun Watson. Come on back. We'll after this, uh, these little couple words, and then we'll get to the third segment with uh, John Costco, Pro Football Focus. You know, when we watch this and we watch the two minute warning, the two minute warning has been the greatest thing ever since sliced bread when it goes to two minute warning we go two minute warning you'll find me uh jeff lloyd as well as mikey mcnuggets from the ultimate cleveland sports show at adam the bull and we do our two minute warning post game show make sure you check that out you can get that if you subscribe to ultimate cleveland sports show on youtube hit the notification bell so right when we go on you'll be notified same thing here if you don't want to subscribe over there, which you should, because I'm over there, you should be subscribing to everything that I'm doing. But if you don't want to do that, right, you can also just uh, subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Hit that notification bell, and we will simulcast and, and simultaneously cast our post-game show over here as well. So all you got to do is be a member. All you got to do is come over here, hit the notification bell, and you're all ready to go. 
Uh, let's let's go right. Oh, what do we got there? What do we got? We got a little. We got a little one. <laughs> we, we we got one of the four cats that just. <laughs> He's, he's been ultra jealous of the new kittens that we have here. <laughs> Sibling rivalries has already started. Yes. Right? yes. Well, we we get into uh, we'll, we'll we'll see if we can tame the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Those cats down in Cincinnati this week. Um, Deshaun uh, Deshaun um, Watson. We all know he played rusty. We all know he was bad. We all know you know uh, he he looked off kilter. I thought that he looked uncomfortable in the pocket a little bit. I thought the pressure was getting to him. And, you know, we always talk about this with young quarterbacks or mobile quarterbacks or athletic quarterbacks. As soon as you they feel that pressure, the natural instinct is to roll out <laughs> it's because it, it's a much easier picture. They could get away from some of that pressure. Um, and, and I think that's just because the, the game is, is, is fast. Um, you, you can't simulate the game speed. Defensive ends moving around. Everything's going at 100 miles an hour. And I just think some of those things cause him to rush passes. I thought some of that um, caused him to not see the field well enough. Um, I gave him a C- minus when we did the postgame show. I wouldn't be mad at you if you said D+. Plus. You know, I, I could go either or. I, I think it's just a preference. Um, what did you see from Deshaun Watson, and which grade would you give him? Well, uh, the grade for for his game in, in this one was was not good. Uh, it was it was a 40, 43, uh, which you know generally is an F. Goodness gracious, cat! All right, you're going away. Um, is a it, it's a, that's basically an F in our in our book. Um, you know, you talk about like from a um, he he was just like just widely wildly inaccurate all game long, and when when that happened. It's like it's hard to move the football. Um, even even like when Jacoby Brissett had had struggled in, in games this year, at least he could like find a check down option and get yards that way. Um, and wasn't you know even when uh, he had a clean pocket, he he would you know do well. Um, in this game, you know, didn't matter what it was for Deshaun Watson. Uh, he struggled with a clean pocket and and under pressure. Um, you know, under pressure was a thirty point eight, which is terrible and then as a from a clean pocket it was a 65.8 which is not good um at least from that perspective he had you know completed 69 percent of his passes um you know for for 94 yards and, and an average of 7.2 yards per attempt so there there is a positive takeaway from that um it was it was you know under pressure he was under pressure on on a 10 of his 24 dropbacks which is you know a 41 percent clip which is way too high uh for him so like I said, Jedrick Wills needs to be better. We talked about that. Uh, the offensive line in general needs to be better to to protect uh, the quarterback. Because if you're if you're getting over forty percent complete uh, pressure percentage, it's it's difficult for a quarterback to kind of get into a rhythm uh, and flow. And so a lot of those passes that he was he was missing were were under pressure. And um, you know, generally throughout his career, he's actually been really solid at under pressure to to handle that. So. I think I think the the Browns should be better to protect this week, uh, and that will go a long ways to just getting him into a rhythm in the game. Um, because I think that that's what's key. And he was bad. Um, there's still no excuses for that, for in my opinion. Like, I, I mean, I get their excuses or reasons why he, he he struggled, right? Like being under pressure, 700 days off, all that stuff, right? But um, it's still the NFL. You have to go out there and perform when you when your numbers called and. Generally, he didn't. So um, I, I don't 
I'm not worried about it though. Like it's one game after 700 days off. Like you, and it's, you're talking about being in the most, probably the biggest, you already get the external pressure of it, where it's being played, who you're playing against and all that, all the other stuff. So it's like everything else is added up into that. Now it's like, all right, we got one game out of the way. Now we can go away from Houston. We can, you know, be in Cincinnati. It's going to be on the road still. Yes. But it's nowhere near as, as a pressure situation as it was for this past week. All right, let's see if we can rapid fire this. Get a couple questions in for John, see what he thinks about him. Um, Abdul Smith, um, first question here. Um, do you guys think that uh, Jed Wills will be on the team next year? This dude is not the answer to me. Really, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be on the team next year. You, you, you spend a first-round pick on a guy, and you don't give up on him after three years generally. Um, generally, that guy's going to play out that, that rookie contract. Uh, they might not pick up the fifth year option. That's for sure. Um, but I think you, and I don't think they will. And I, if they do, I don't know what the heck they're looking at when they're, there's, there's, excuse me, when they're seeing his film, because he's been bad. So um, you, you have to incentivize that guy to really step it up in some way and maybe saying, Hey, we don't think you're it. You're not picking you, picking up your fifth year option. Prove to us this year that we want to want to keep you long-term. Um, or that you have something because I think they've seen it, probably seen it in practice. They've seen it on the field. He's not it. Let's go to the quick another question. Ragnar says, uh, hey, guys, Russ Wilson looking for a new team to mess up, perhaps. He's played terrible this year. What is What do you see in Russell Wilson? And uh, is this the biggest contract blunder in a long time if he cannot write the ship? Uh, you know what's interesting about that is actually he's played better as of late. And I was looking at this earlier, and I don't, you know, I have to pull up his, his grades and stuff like that. But um, it's it's been bad, and and part of it is I know he's been hurt. Um, he's got like a, a a partially torn lat or something like that, um, which is I mean you're talking about trying to torque with your body mm. to throw it like that's going to cause issues. But I will say over the past three weeks, Russell Wilson has the fourth highest grade of any quarterback at, a, at an 81.4. He has seven big time throws, zero turnover really throws. Um, and, and has just generally looked better. Um, goodness. And I think, um, yeah, I think, he, I think he, it's, it's half a season, new, new staff, new city, new, new team, all sorts of things that go into a play with him being hurt. You, you're not going to give up on the dude. Like, like you obviously you can't, you like you'd be out like, 150 million dollars in dead cap or something like that next year so you're stuck with him for like another four years i still think he's got good really good quarterback play in his tank uh last question um my man neo says what do you think about baker going to the rams um i mean it's a a place with a bad offensive line and lack of weapons right now because cooper cup isn't there um because he's he's been hurt right so um they're going to bring him in and see if they can have, Hey, can we get you to play some good quarterback play? Maybe somebody signs you and then Rams recoup a, a compensatory pick because they, they, you know, traded away all their picks in, in recent years for, you know, for players. So uh, he's been bad. Like Baker Mayfield has been like when he's been on the, for, uh, the field has been the worst quarterback in the NFL this year. So whatever. I echo the same sentiment. <laughs> We, I mean, there's nothing to talk about. Uh, he's probably been one of the worst quarterbacks. He's going to go down as a bust. Just how big of a bust is arguable. But at the end of the day, he does not. He has not played well enough at his first two stops, and and his skill set has proved that over the long period of time. 
Well, that went fast. John Costco, we appreciate you dropping in. Don't forget, Jeff will be back with me very soon. Uh, but for Jeff Lloyd, for John Costco, this has been the Browns podcast, Locked on Browns podcast. I'm supposed to say LGB, but I, I could do GEB on the LOB. Let's go, Brown. <laughs> <laughs> You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 